podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome and thank you very much for joining us here on The Voices of the Vic, a brand new podcast covering everything Watford FC with me, Mike Duffy and my co-host Ben Aitzen. Hello. Now, before we get started... Um, it's probably a good idea just to explain uh, why it's us two that are doing it. So uh, me and Ben have been uh, been good mates now for uh, going on seven years now. We we first met at uh, Birmingham City away, which was uh, the first game of the season. I remember we uh, it was a scrappy one 0 win, but something uh, like Watford, uh, <laughs> you, you'll take it. Uh, yeah, um, I remember it well. Um, scrappy one 0 win. We didn't even see the goal. Um, I think we actually went down to get a drink. Uh, Troy Deeney scored. Um, yeah, missed it. Uh, and then towards the end of the game, um, a smoke bomb went off, and we were covered yeah. and could not breathe. It was just covered, <laughs> covered in yellow dust, whatever comes out of it. Um, I think it was because we'd scored. Someone decided I'll set a smoke bomb off. Um, <laughs> I think the funniest thing I remember from that game very quickly was there was a girl that had a, um, it was a brand new shirt for the season and she had Jonathan Hogg's name on the back. Yes. And, and uh, <laughs> she actually wrote on it saying, well, this is awkward because uh, Hoggy left us for Huddersfield yeah. at, uh, at the start of that season. So but I don't know why, but that'll always stick in my mind. But uh, I actually, yeah, just... I actually got the girl on um, Instagram and Facebook. So I actually know who that is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Let's hope she doesn't have a Jonathan Hogshot anymore on this season, though. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, just briefly with myself, obviously, my name's Mike, and I've been my first ever Watford game was uh, under Gianluca Viali, 2001, away at Crewe. We lost 1 0, and uh, Rob Hulse, of all strikers, scored for a uh, prolific, Crew that day. prolific yeah, striker. Very, very. What, what was your first game, Ben? First ever Watford game? First ever Watford game was back in 1995 96 season. I, yep. was, I was born that year. <laughs> <laughs> Showing my age, yes. Um, I was eight back then. Uh, last game of the season, um, we lost 1 0 to Leicester, actually. Um, oh, right. Muzzy Is it scored. Remember oh, him? God. Yeah, Muzzy Is it. Eh? He scored some cracking goals in his career as well. I think he's actually, it was like, he's similar to like Jamie Vardy, he always scores against Watford. Yeah, well, that, funny you say that. That will be coming up yeah. in the show. And also, um, also and, of that yeah. game, we was relegated. Um, and we also got relegated with Luton and Millwall from Old Division 1. So that would be wow. the championship now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, teams to go down with Millwall and Luton. Great company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, mine wasn't quite as dramatic as that. But um, I remember my first ever Watford goal that I saw, and I say saw in inverted commas, my uh, my dad will back me up on this one. We went to Grimsby away on a Tuesday night. Now, as you can tell, I've got a brummy accent, so I lived in Birmingham and whatnot. We travelled from Birmingham to Grimsby, which is one hell of a trek as it is, yep. on a Tuesday night. And I was only little at the time. I was being about five or six. I decided that at the moment that we scored, the only goal of the game was the exact moment that I needed the toilet. So sorry, Daddy, for listening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully he's forgiven me all these years on. Um, and then just in terms of season ticket, I've had my first ever season ticket with Watford was the season after the playoff final season with uh, against Crystal Palace. So that was what, 2013-14 season, actually, the first season that we, we met, Ben. Uh, wow. under, it started with Zola, then it went to Sonino. Yeah, all the joys. What about you? First season ticket, Ben? What year? I'm a bit like you, a bit of a glory hornet. Um, I actually got a season ticket when we got promoted um, after the Leeds playoff final. Um, so that oh, season okay. when we, we was in the Prem with like the likes of Ashley Young, um, mm. Springy, Damien Francis, Danny Shitu. Marlon King. Marlon King. He's the best one out, mate. Marlon uh, King. <laughs> well, mind you, he was injured for the majority of that season. Exactly. He wasn't really helping us out that much. Um, no. We missed him massively that season, though. Yeah, I think so. I, I do agree. Hammer right, Buatza so, as well. Jesus Christ. Hammer Buatza. <laughs> some names from the past. Oh, no. age a bit there, but Definitely. I was, I was only, I was only a, a wee nipper back then, then but uh, he was probably drinking in the pubs back then, <laughs> <weren't you? laughs> um, so Yeah, so moving, uh, moving swiftly on, I'm sure Ben will be happy about that. Um, <laughs> first episode, I mean, where other to start than Leicester at home? In we we're recording this on Thursday night. 
Thursday the 11th. And obviously, you guys are hearing it for the first time on Saturday the 13th. So, a week today, as you're listening, we uh, we face Leicester City at home. Um, just a couple of things that are going to be happening and have happened before that is we had a inter-squad friendly, um, which was um, just, well, between the squad, hence why it was an inter-squad friendly. But um, it finished 1-1, so we couldn't even beat ourselves. Uh, <laughs> make of that what you will. Uh, Danny Welbeck and Will Hughes with the goals. Uh, I don't know how long the game was because a lot of people mentioned that these friendlies weren't going to be full 90 minutes because it would be stupid. I've, I've seen, um, I subscribe to The Athletic um, yeah. with um, Adam Leventhal and I read that he actually said it was actually 35 minutes per half. Right, right. Um, well, 35 minutes per half. And I, think... and I believe they're stepping it up this Saturday against Brentford, so it's possibly going to be 45 minutes per half for that one. Yes, I was just going to mention, we got Brentford this Saturday at half 12. Commentary, you can listen on the Watford website, um, half 12 kick-off. I'm not too bothered about results, considering that that game will be the first game of football that we've played in 97 days. I actually sat there and worked it out last night. Yeah, um, it's something you would do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so 97 days we haven't played football in, 97 days since Watford's when and the week before beat Liverpool, um, ended unbeaten run of all runs, and then went and lost one 0 to Crystal Palace. Typical Watford thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, we've seen it for years upon years. So, I think obviously these matches are for the sake of seeing what the fitness is like, and you know, hoping that nobody gets injured. Because if Watford, if we know Watford, we know how many injuries we have. I think. It's not been as bad this season in terms of the number of injuries because if you if you cast your mind back not that far ago to Walter Matjari season, the injuries <laughs> we had back then... But when we had three keepers in the matchday squad. Three keepers <laughs> on the matchday squad. Yeah, Aurelio Gomez. Pantillimon was on the bench. And was it Rennie Gilmartin? Was the other sub-goalkeeper? I would say I so, yeah. With us yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. The, and the lots Rami of academy players as well um, on the yeah. bench. Well, we went through a stage where literally everyone was injured. Was and I think we played One Tottenham stage of a match where it was Barami and Holobas centre-backs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think that just pinpoints the sort of injuries we were having at the time. And I remember um, we played Tottenham at home and we got absolutely battered 4-1. Uh, you had the likes of Brandon Mason playing. Uh, Andrew Elitheru, I think I pronounced that right. I think that's spot um, I think Cole Stewart was possibly on the bench as well. Yeah. Um, three of which are n- like no longer at Watford. And I must say on a, a side note, congratulations to Brandon Mason and Coventry for uh, for their promotion to the Championship yes, the other day. Yes, fully deserved. Yeah, fully deserved. Um, yeah, Very so good it, club. Glad to see him back in the Championship. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting on a slightly relevant note to see where they'll be playing this uh, football next season because it was interesting enough when they drew Birmingham City in the FA Cup this season uh, and Coventry had to be the home team. So <laughs> if there's two teams playing in the Championship um, at the same you know ground, it's, it's going to be interesting. We haven't seen that since, I think, since the Sellers Park days. when we Wimbledon Palace, yeah. Palace. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. But yeah, um, yeah. Went off on a bit of a tangent there. He but, does this yeah, quite a um, lot. Sorry about <laughs> Yeah, just getting them, just getting that in there uh, straight away that this may happen. But yeah, we, we're just hoping that obviously it's going to be a big test for fitness and hoping that nobody gets injured because I think Cabaselli made a point in the Watford Observer and he might even have said it on the Watford website as well that he's intrigued to see. He thinks there'll be quite a few muscle injuries. Because obviously the the bodies have been training and whatnot for what a couple of weeks now. Yeah, three weeks um, intense training. Um, three weeks intense training. When you compare that with an actual game, it, it's just not the same at all. And you know the, the body will react differently and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting. And I'm not too bothered about the results, um, especially not because Brentford beat Arsenal three two uh, yesterday <laughs> uh, as we record. So that's typical yeah. Arsenal, as well, isn't it? Well, I think it is typical Arsenal, but you know if they're capable of beating Arsenal, then God knows. But yeah, you, you're right. It's all about getting minutes, isn't it? And seeing how you yeah. feel, and ma- managers trying out maybe new formations they want to do. Um, 
So, yeah, it's not about the result. Let's just get out there and try and not pick up any injuries before the big game against Leicester. Absolutely. And talking about the big game at Leicester, where else to start? Then it's going to be one hell of a weird watch, I think. It's on BT Sport at half 12, yeah. uh, Saturday the 20th of June. And um, I, I know me and Ben noticed, I don't know if many other people noticed, but on the Watford Instagram story, when they were playing the inter-squad friendly, and it'll be interesting to see if they do it again this Saturday against Brentford, they're actually playing crowd noise. So I, I don't know what... <laughs> If, if, if it's they, really going to make a difference. If, if they do it correctly, um, it, yeah. it, it would be great because I watched um, some German football the last week. I think it was uh, Leverkusen versus Munich. Um, they were playing crowd noises in the background and there was, I think on BT Sport, they do like three or four games at the same time. So I was flicking through the channels and then you would go to another game and it's completely silence, no crowd noises. It's not good. I think it no. helps the players a bit and maybe commentators as well when they're focusing on the game. It's better as a spectator to hear a bit of background noise as well. You might as well have it on mute if otherwise. Well, yeah. It, well, sometimes it depends who's commentating. You might as well have it on mute. You know, if Robbie Savage or Mark Lowen's commentating, <laughs> then <laughs> switch off and uh, see you later. Let me know the score at uh, 10 to 5. Thank you. Definitely. But... Uh, yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, uh, what got me was when this whole debate of are we going to be playing at neutral, oppos- uh, neutral grounds, excuse me, and what really got me was the fans on Twitter saying, because it was predominantly the bottom half sides, I believe, that were against playing at neutral grounds. Yeah. Uh, and you can understand why, because, you know, they, they have a, a close connection with the home fans and whatnot. And a lot of, um, well, I'll just say, a lot of Leeds and Liverpool fans decided to put their two pence worth in and said, well, if you're so reliant on home support, why is your home record looking like this? Now, don't get me wrong. I, for all season so far, have refused to believe that we could be going down. I think the first time I actually said to you was before that Liverpool game in the pub, because West Ham had just drawn, Villa had Villa were playing in the League Cup final the next day. Yep. Bournemouth had drawn. I think actually West Ham won, sorry. Everyone around us got a positive result. And then we were playing champions elect, unbeaten. We were playing them at home. And I actually said to you like, and Jacob and all the other lads that we know, I said, that's it, we're done. Uh, and then, you know, we went and pulled that out of the bag. But I'm a firm believer that if we were to play, if that game was to be played at a neutral ground, or even at Watford's ground with no fans, we would never have beaten them 3-0. 100%. Because the amount of times, and I tell you what game, and I remember me and you were there, because we had, I'm sure we had a season ticket that season. Um, we were there. Remember Huddersfield at home? We went, We had Huddersfield away the last game of the season uh, under Sonino. But I, I, yes, yeah, Sonino, and we lost 4-2. Uh, I remember it because uh, we won a penalty and Jakubiak wanted to take it, but Deeney said, Haha, no chance. <laughs> we then had them at home one of the first games of the season. Yes, we went down season. to 10 men. Uh, we went down to 10 men and it was 3-2 at that stage. Tamas and, got uh, two silly yellow cards. Probably, yeah. I was watching the season review the other day. He loved the red card. In fact, it was because it was. the ball was almost going out on the touchline near the dugouts and he thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll absolutely clatter my man. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the the crowds carried us over that game. I remember the roar when Abdi got that ball through. And like I say, I was watching the season review the other day and you can even hear it on there. The roar when that pass gets made to Abdi and he's free and that is one-on-one and it goes in. Like, there's so many moments that we could pick out and say, well, this is where the crowd has won it for us. And I do think, going back to my original point, it is going to have a big effect on a lot of teams. I also think, you look at the likes of Aston Villa, who are in a relegation um, battle as well, our stadium is 22,000 off the top of my head. Yeah. Aston Villa's is, what, 40, 40,000? Best part of 40,000? You imagine how eerie it is playing in such a big stadium with there being nobody at all. Um, Bournemouth will probably... This is... It's <laughs> tough to say. Bournemouth, it's like playing in a, a park as it is. So, like, um, Bournemouth, I don't think, will struggle as much. I, I, I genuinely don't mean, like, 
I know there's a bit of a rivalry between Watford and Bournemouth. But I genuinely don't mean that in a disrespectful <laughs> way as well. I, I just think that it's so small and compact as it is, I don't think they'll struggle as much as many teams will. So it is going to be interesting to see what um, what the lack of crowd support is going to be like. And like you said, if they do time the, the, uh, the crowd noises correctly, uh, because I do think that we, uh, if you time it correctly, we can really get it going. Uh, I tell you what, I would quite like to hear is whenever we get a corner, um, they uh, they play the uh, you know the drum that we've uh, we've known for uh, for so long when we get the corner, and um, that they'd be interesting to see if they uh, they continue with that. But um, going forward into the league positions, obviously Leicester currently sitting third in the table. Four points behind Manchester City um, in third place and five points ahead of Chelsea. So they look pretty destined for Champions League. Yeah. But they'll want to make sure that they'll get it. They've had a brilliant season. They deserve to get Champions League football. They've had a great recruitment over the last couple of years and they look so strong this season. It would be very surprised if they, if they drop out of that top four now. Um, so, yeah. yeah, very good side. Um, love what Brendan uh, Rodgers is doing there. Um, yeah, really happy with them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, I remember Brendan Rodgers' first game, actually. Um, it might have been the first game or first away game was against us. Yeah. Uh, which brings me on to another interesting start. The last three home meetings against Leicester, we've won 2-1 each time. So, you know, that, that's <laughs> Don't jinx of, it. <laughs> I know, yeah. I should not have said that, should I? <laughs> um, Keep that on to yourself, that. Mike. Yeah, yeah we'll, uh, we'll maybe edit that out yeah. If, uh, yeah, if need be. But, um, yeah, no... It, so they're not going to let up by any by any stretch of the imagination. They're they're not comfortable at all. Um, it seems that nobody wants that fourth place. That that's another debate for another day. But um, they look pretty destined to finish third, maybe even maybe even second. You know, they might actually be all right for getting into Champions League if Man City actually don't get into the Champions League next season because of um, yes the money situation. So that actually opens it up for fifth place, doesn't it, in the Champions League? So they're pretty much sorted on it. Which, on another note, if it does open up fifth place, the race for fifth place is brilliant. You've got Manchester United, Wolves and Sheffield United. And cool, you'd really love it Sheffield United getting there, wouldn't you? I'd absolutely love it. And no, no other facts because their first game back is Aston Villa. So, um, we really, really, really need them to win and pull something out of the bag on, uh, on Wednesday. They're um, they're the one of the two fixtures that are uh, first up for the Premier League reopening. Sheffield United against Aston Villa, and then Arsenal, and Man City, Arsenal, Man City. Yeah. Yes, uh, and then we have to scroll right down to the bottom of the table to look where we are. Unfortunately, so we're level on points with Bournemouth, who are currently sat eighteenth. We're seventeenth. We're only ahead by a goal difference, which is better by one. Yeah, and then we're level on points with West Ham, who are sixteenth who they have a goal difference better than ours by one. So goal difference is key. You look at Aston Villas and Aston Villas is minus 22. Um, Bournemouth's minus 18, ours minus 17, and then West Ham minus 15. So I think it's going to be so, so close. It's going to be close. And going back to you talking about the, the noise and like the fans that get behind the teams and that, I think West yeah. Ham could go either way. They get a lot of stick when things aren't going right for them at the London yeah. Stadium. They get on their backs. West Ham might be a team that actually thrive with no fans around them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's a it's a weird pitch anyway for anyone who's been. I've not had the pleasure of going yet. But oh, it's, like, it's with... a good way, though, to be fair. Was it the um, the one where we decided we'd go two 0 down for, yeah. uh, for 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 banter first and then come back? And That's the one, two. and I actually missed the Dini goal. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I mate, was quite typical. quite annoyed. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dimitri Payet was doing the old tricks. I was fed up. I went to go get a drink from the bar. Next minute, <laughs> everyone was celebrating. You run back in thinking, "Oh yeah, we scored," and then you start celebrating and look like an idiot yourself because you've not actually seen the goal. And then, yeah, great great comeback. Yeah, been there too many times myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, West Ham is a weird pitch as it is. It's quite open with the, the, the running track around it and whatnot. So, like you said, the amount of times you hear that West Ham get on the, the backs of people, uh, the backs of the team, it, it might actually be a breath of fresh air for them not to be sort of playing under that sort of really rough atmosphere. And it, it could benefit them, which is worrying. Um, I think a team that nobody's really mentioning because... 
there is a bit of a gap between 14th and 15th. So, really, you have to count Brighton in this. Uh, Brighton are currently sat on 15th with 29 points, and we uh, and then Southampton are 14th from 34 points. So, a, a nice five point gap there. Yeah. But if you look at Brighton's running, I would say that's possibly the worst running. I believe they're going to get um, sucked right into this. I think Brighton's going to be one of the teams that go down this season. I uh, I certainly think so. They, they have, there was a... haven't they only like won one game since it's something silly. Have they only won one game since like January? It wouldn't surprise me. And to be honest, I, th- I the, think the I've seen that knocking around was a bit of a fluke as well. Um, Adrian Mariapa decided. Yeah, oh, we even helped him out with a goal. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a frustrating one. So, yeah, um, I remember reading on Sky Sports so the, who's got the worst running and whatnot. And if you look at who's got to play the most of the top six, so I've got it in front of me here. So, Brighton have got to play four of the top six left, and they've got one of the bottom six left to play. Um, West Ham, three of the top six, three of the bottom six. We've got three of the top six. That's including this Leicester game and two of the bottom three. Which will uh, bottom six, sorry. Which I believe, off the top of my head, is West Ham and Norwich. Um, Bournemouth have got four of the uh, top six left to play. Aston Villa have got four of the top six left to play, and one of the bottom six left to play. And then Norwich have got tops two of the top six left to play, and then three of the bottom six left to play. Which is going to be very interesting because it wasn't long ago that we were sort of saying, well, Norwich are pretty much dead and buried, but. They're only six points, I say only, but especially because I think, which we'll get onto a little bit later, but I think there's going to be some interesting results as it is. So to be only six points off, I think there's going to be some weird results. This could favour Norwich. I think so as well. Um, Remember, we was at a point where we were maybe nine points behind teams and we managed to catch them up. Um, Yeah, Norwich are going to, I'm not going to rule them out completely. Uh, I don't think they're going to fin- finish bottom of the table. But also, these these games that are being played behind closed doors, in Germany, there's been results that you wouldn't normally expect over there. I think there's going to be a exactly. lot of shocks in the football world with results. I think teams are going to go to the big boy clubs, to the likes of like Chelsea, um, City, um, Arsenal. They're going to get results there. They're not going to be afraid to play in front of these crowds. No, I totally, totally agree. Um, but it, it's certainly going to be a, an interesting last nine games, uh, I believe. It's nine games left. So, um, hopefully, it's um, it's good news for the uh, the Orns at the end of it. But one thing that isn't good news about playing Leicester, is two things that stick out in my mind, is especially with the recent run we've been on, you'd like to think that we've got the two blokes in charge that probably know what they're doing against Leicester. Yeah which I like to think would play into our hands. But what I don't like is the fact that Jamie Vardy scored in the last four games against Watford. He, he seems to be... I remember it, it was a phase of David Nugent always scored against Watford and he was at Leicester for a long, long yeah. time. So it, it's almost as if if you play for Leicester and you play against Watford enough, you've got a half-decent chance of scoring every bloody time that you play Watford. So, um, And then the other worrying thing is... Um, that we failed to keep a clean sheet against Leicester in the last 21 meetings. The last time we kept a clean sheet against Leicester was in February 2008, and we won 1-0, and Darius Henderson scored. So that's how long ago it was. Hendo. Hendo. So, yeah, it, it, it's got to be interesting. And I think this is the, the, the hardest thing that I like, the podcast talking about the games and whatnot. Now, usually you'd have sort of the last week to compare it with, and sort of pick apart what might have gone well and what might have gone wrong. But the fact that we've not played for 97 days, anyone could... Like, it's anyone's game. It's, it's completely up in, the, up in the air, like you've said, that I think there will be some shock results. Um, what Another interesting point is the five subs allowed for the rest of the season. Yeah. Obviously, to, to make sure that match fitness and making sure that... It, it, eliminates any injuries or lowers the amount of injuries but on, I just want to touch on quickly I understand why they're doing it but surely that's going to benefit teams of the top six more do you not, do you not think? Um, yeah I can see where you're coming from with that but I think it, 
I think there's going to be a lot of injuries um, with all these games being cl- played so closely together. So I, I can see why they've brought it in. But yeah, the teams with the bigger squads, it's definitely going to benefit them. Like the likes of like Chelsea, they've got superstars, they've got international mm. players, F- probably about 20 international players in their squad. We're, whereas you look at maybe Bournemouth, they're going to struggle. They've not they've got as much quality in their squad. Um, I'd like to think that we've got enough quality to help us out on the bench and I think the five extra subs is actually going to give more game times to more people who's probably not going to get much games if there is three subs I like the, the likes of um, Quinner I'd like to see him come on a bit more I think he could yeah. do well um, are we going to see more of Welbeck um, Andre Gray might come on Andre Gray actually talking about him he might be someone who might benefit without having any um, fans in the ground as well because he does get some jeers and that when he comes on so there could be some players that might actually benefit um, with this Uh, but yeah I'm I'm all four for the five subs for the rest of this season but from next season I'd like it to go back to three yeah, I, I I think they have literally only brought it. Well, I hope they've only brought it in because of obviously the the, the situation at hands. But the the only thing that worries me, you say the locks of Chelsea have got probably twenty minimum international stars, uh, and then you have got the locks of Man City. Like, let's not forget when we played Man. Well, let's forget, but uh, let's not forget when we played Man City in the FA Cup final. Um, I think the fact that Kevin De Bruyne came off the bench and still got man of the match after coming off the bench sort of says it all, really. It was incredible, um, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the fact that they can bring the likes of Kevin De Bruyne off on the bench, and that worries me because we've still got to play Chelsea and Man City. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, going to be, uh, that's going to be interesting. But something that I want to touch on just briefly, um, you mentioned the likes of Andre Gray maybe benefiting with no crowds because he does get a lot of stick in. I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I, I, I have been known to criticise Gray in the past because it, it's very evident to to see that he's struggling with a massive, massive lack of confidence. And I just want to touch on something you said to me in, in person the other day, in private, sorry, whereby you actually think that um, maybe being behind closed doors um, will probably benefit him. Do you not think that... <laughs> that maybe puts more pressure on him because he might be expected to score more. Do, do, do you not think that? Nah, not at all. Um, I don't think like that. Um, I think he'll be fine. Um, I can't... I don't think... He's going to obviously put pressure on himself to go out there and score goals, but he's not going to be like, oh, I've got to, I've got to score goals now there's no one here to um, show at me. I think he'll be all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be interesting. And like I say, I, I, I have been known to give Andre the, a, a fair bit of stick yeah I, whatnot, I think but... we all have and I think it's I, I hate doing it it's just frustrating yeah. because he, he's obviously he hasn't came um, and put the price tag on his head clubs have done that between themselves he's came with a the transfer record fee to Watford and it hasn't quite worked out for him has it and I want it to work for him he, he, he's great at Brentford um, he was great at Burnley I just think the system doesn't work for Andre Gray. Um, if yeah. he was up there with a two, with Deeney, we've seen him link up with Deeney and it, it looks all right. I think they've got a couple of goals well, from it. Um, but Let's not forget last season against Leicester. Yeah, exactly. For example. Um, yeah, he won us the game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you can't play him on his own. Um, no. What no, was it? Mar- totally agree. When we had Marco Silva, I think Deeney was injured for the first part of the season. What did he do? Yes. Stick Andre Gray up there. He's going to hold the ball up, ain't he? Well done, Marco Silva. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why he's not in management anymore, Ben. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, let, let's not forget as well that um, with Andre, a lot of his goals actually helped us last season. Like, let's not forget that if it wasn't for his goal against Crystal Palace, yeah. we wouldn't have even had the, the, the joys and the glories of getting to an FA Cup final. E- so, even the ball free to Delafayou for the winning goal. <laughs> Absolutely, so. yeah. So, yeah, fingers crossed. It's, that, it's uh, just frustrating. I want it to work for him. I really do, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll see. Totally agree. Um, but yeah, moving on to the um, another thing that you've said, it'll be interesting to see who gets the nod um, in terms of who's been training because we know that Troy hasn't been ever present at training since he's come back and we won't go into that. Yeah, it's a completely messy situation, but we'd just like to say that we've backed Troy no matter what he said. And unfortunately, there's people out there that haven't backed him what he said, but... Um, Liverpool and Leeds fans. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, 
So it's going to be interesting. Personally, I don't think he will get the night ahead of Leicester game because I don't know if his fitness is quite up there. Yes. Uh, I want to ask then, what is your predicted starting eleven for the Leicester City game? See, I've, I've done my predicted eleven, thinking that Deeney's actually going to start, um, but we'll, okay. we'll come to that. Um, so obviously, yeah, yeah. I've done Ben Foster in goal. Um, he's mm-hmm. been brilliant this season. So yeah, but there's no doubt I was going to put Gomi in front of him. Um, so Foster in goal, <laughs> uh, left back Messina, uh, Cabaselli, Cathcart, uh, Kiko, and then I've done two in the middle of Capu and Will Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to put Saar on the wing with Danny Welbeck. <sighs> Interesting. Decore's going to be behind Deeney, which is the role that um, Nigel Pearson's quite likes playing him in. And I think he's done all right with it. Um, and mm. then, yeah, Deeney up top. But yeah, I've got the one that sticks out is, is Danny Welbeck. Um, obviously, it would be Delafayu if he was fit. Um, it was a bit of a toss up between him and, and Pereira, but Pereira f- frustrates me as well. And um, I'll. I think this could be the time where we're going to see Welbeck come good. If he can stay fit and he plays plays wide left, uh, which he has done for England before, I think Arsenal played him there. Even at his days at Man United, um, he's played wide left. And I think that will work our system, um, the 4-3-3. Um, so, yeah, I've gone Welbeck on uh, wide left. Um, have you done a protected 11 or...? I, I have. I, I thought I'd, uh, I'd have a stab at it after uh, after you mentioned we should have a go at it and whatnot. And mine isn't massively changed from the one that beat Liverpool, to be honest. Uh, and to be honest, why would it? But I think that the only thing I would change from the Liverpool squad, just to mention, I, I will run through the, the, the squad that started against Liverpool. So just in case people forgot, it seems like a lifetime ago. It was Foster... Feminier, Cabaselli, Kafkar, Messina, Hughes, Capu, Saar, Delafayu, and then Decore in the middle behind Troy. I actually think that the only change that I would make there is I would possibly swap Decore for Chalaba. I think oh, okay. that Chalaba, I, I, I've always rated Chalaba when he was here the first time round and when he's here now. Obviously, he's had that big injury, so it's affected him mentally as it would, but. I think he, listen, he wasn't a Chelsea player for so long for no reason. He hasn't gained an England call up for no reason. He's a ridiculously talented footballer. Yeah, even Troy um, Deeney came out and on Monday Night Football and sung his praises, didn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I just think that maybe this break has helped him. Uh, you know, it's obviously helped Welbeck as well. Um, I, it's it's so hard to judge Welbeck, and I'd love to like. It's so hard to sit here and say, well, actually, you know, when he played, because I think he played against Everton, if memory serves me correctly, out wide. That's when he come on and made his debut. But you can't really judge someone off coming off the bench that late and then just playing on the wing sort of thing. So it'd be very unfair for me to sit here and say I didn't think he looked his best against Everton. I really hope he does come good because again, Danny Welbeck's record. Uh, for England, is is quite spectacular, and yeah. his record in general is really good. And I, I still sometimes think, wow, we've actually got Danny Welbeck here. Like you know that I, I think a lot of people underestimate how big a signing that is for a club the size of Watford. Oh, it's huge! It's still huge. It's, it's, yeah, he just needs to stay fully fit, doesn't he? And that's his been, that's been his problem, and that's why he's probably at a club like Watford because if he could stay fully fit, he'd probably yeah. be staying at Arsenal. He, he would have gone on to probably another top four side. I certainly think so. I certainly think so. So, yeah, my only chance would be Chalaba for Decore. Um, and I just think that Chalaba's... He, he clearly has a very good relationship with Nigel Pearson. Um, and I, I don't know why. I just got a gut instinct that he's going to pick him over Decore. Uh, but it, that would be the only change that I would make. Um, Saar has been electric, as we know. Uh, we missed him the couple of games when he was injured. I think the oh, Villa away God, game. Did we was miss injured, him? Oh. Was he injured for Villa away? Our game changed completely when Saar yeah. got injured. It, it just wasn't the same, was it? We weren't direct or anything. It just it it sort of opens your eyes. I remember when we first signed him. Sadio Mane said, "Look, you know, he, I think he said in an interview that he'd spoken to the two fullbacks for Liverpool. Yeah, said, he was talking to Robertson about it, wasn't he? 
yeah, when we play Watford, you, you need to be careful of this guy because he and when a player like Sadio Mane, who is one of the best players in the Premier League at the moment, when he's singing praises of someone that Watford have just signed, you know he's going to be pretty pretty decent. Um, but it's just been since and Andre Gray touched on it on the um, the view from the Vic podcast, uh, the Watford official podcast. When he's he's just been given that license to attack. Since his first goal against Southampton, he just looks a completely different player. I think Kike coming in, that was a mistake on its own, but we won't dwell on that. But I think Kike, his system didn't work. And I think Kike was literally brought in to sort of shore the defence up a little bit. Um, and so his system wouldn't have worked this far. But since that first goal, he just he's frightening. The pace on him is frightening. It's electric, isn't it? It really, really is. So yeah, that's what we uh, that's what we think the game the the start of eleven is going to go. What what do you reckon? Um, tell me what you think the scoreline is going to be, and how do you think the game's going to go? Like, do you reckon? Because one thing that I first noticed when Bundesliga was first back, everyone was like, "Yes, Bundesliga's back," and I uh, I was watching it myself, and you sort of were watching it, and it almost felt like a training session. Like and almost like pre-season. Like I think it's. It, I think there. it's going to be the same. I think it's just going to be more of a possession-based game for a couple of games until people are going to stick their foot in. I think some players are going to shy away from challenges a bit. Um, yeah, it, it, it just took a while for the German football to get up to speed. Like at the moment, it, it's fine. But that first day, match day one of like resuming after what we've gone through. It was like watching a pre-season friendly, pretty much. Mm. There was no yeah, tempo, just no intensity. No, no. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see what what's come out of the Watford camp recently in the last couple of weeks. I think Shakespeare said that um, you know the lads have responded really well. If anything, we've had to rein them in, and you sort of think, oh, okay, that that sounds promising. And then Will Hughes talking to Talk Sport today saying that. He'd like, you know, he wants an England call up and he's hoping Southgate can watch him. And yeah. he says that everyone from all the media outlets where you hear the players recently, everyone knows the job at hand. Everyone seems, you know, confident. But I suppose, are they saying it for the sake of saying it? Because, you know, I, I saw um, an interview with Grealish on Sky Sports the other day and he sort of said similar things. So you sort of think, well, a, rele- a relegation threatened teams just sort of saying this sort of thing. I suppose we can only wait and see. What happens on the pitch, but uh, but yeah, what, what's your score prediction on um, on this one, then, Ben? Oh, I think I'm gonna have to stick with a two-one Watford win if we've had it in the oh, last three home games. Last three, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sticking with the uh, sticking with the ritual. What's the odds on uh, another two-one then? Have Have you been in touch with the bookies? What have I got? I've uh, I've, I've not contacted the bookies yet, no. but uh, yeah, two-one win. I, I, do you know what? I... Two-one win. Jamie Vardy scored it for them. <laughs> okay then. Let me push you again. Jeremy Vardy scoring for them. Who's scoring for us? I'm going to go Saar and Dini. Saar and Dini. I think it's going to be... And Also, I think there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games as well. Um, So, I'm not going to back a 4-4 this week, but (laughs) I am going to go with... Jamie Vardy's going to score. He always does. But then again, you you could sort of say that Troy tends to score against Leicester. So I'm actually going to go three-one Watford. I'm going to go Troy D. Well, if Troy plays and Troy's definitely going to score, if he doesn't, then I think the scorers are going to be Will Hughes, um, and then Saar will get two. But if 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 Deeney does play. Then it'll be Hughes, Sar, and Dini. If Dini doesn't play, it'll be Hughes, and then Sar will get two. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, I, I think it's very tough to sort of sit here and have a, a long, long discussion about how we think the game's going to go and how each team are going to set up because there literally hasn't been any football in ninety-seven days. Yeah, so, it's hard, well, hard it, to go it, off. But yeah, we'll we'll give it yeah. a go and go with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a go and go with that. And as the podcasts go on, obviously, we'll know how we've played and the systems that are being used and the the sort of um, style of plays that teams are going to be going with because I do think a lot of teams will actually change the style of play up. Um, but I just want to, I think 
just before we uh, we we say goodbye to the listeners for uh, for the first podcast because we don't want to keep them too long listening, but I just want to briefly talk about a, a couple of things that have been uh, have cropped up in in the week. So first of all, Super Benny Foster's only going to sign a new two year deal, taking him to twenty twenty two. He's thirty seven at the moment, so he'll be thirty nine years old when the deal is up. And Ben Foster said to the Watford website, "I know it takes me to thirty nine, but I know I'm good for it." I'm feeling as good as I've ever done. Football seems easy and natural for me, and Watford just works for me. Now, hearing that, that just brings that's music to my ears, Ben. Like, I don't think anyone outside of Watford they'll know how good of a keeper he's been, but I genuinely think that nobody understands the sort of mess that we would be in if it wasn't for Ben Foster. I, I, Not just this season, but last I season. I don't as think well. we'd be in a position to try and get out of his relegation fight if it wasn't for yeah. Ben Foster. Some of the yeah. saves he's pulled out this season have been outstanding. and He's probably my player of the season to date at the moment. Yeah. Um, funny you were saying about like he can go on to his 39 years old. Though. Um, I actually saw a Spurs fan uh, tweet the other day saying uh, Foster could play until he's 60 with the amount of time wasting that he does. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I saw someone else. Uh, I can't think who they support. I think they were. Um, I think they were a Man City fan, uh, or no, or a Liverpool fan. And they said, uh, I think BBC Sport put a tweet out saying Ben Foster signed a contract, a new two-year deal. And then uh, he goes, he retweeted it, and he says, "I bet it took him ages to sign that thing." <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll never forget as well after the Villa game. Obviously, uh, don't want to dwell on that game too much because it's hard enough playing any Birmingham-based side for me because of the stick that I'll get if we lose. But I was waiting for a taxi. Me and the missus were waiting for a taxi, and uh, one bloke walked past me, and he goes, "That's I'm not." I was going to put an accent on then, as if I need to, but uh, he goes, "That's what you get for time wasting." Uh, and I was sort of thinking, does he want me to maybe tweet Foster to tell him that he said this? Like, who does he think I am? Um, but no, listen, the, the amount of saves, that, like the influential saves that he's made, Sheffield United sticks out for me. That is one of the most unbelievable saves. And he made two that game. Yeah. He made one from, um, what's your man up front for them? Ollie McBurney, uh, low down in the first half. And then the second half, I still watch it now and I think, how has he done that? I think it was John Fletcher. He doesn't know himself how he saved it. You yeah. can see the camera the zooms in on him he talking to Mariafa, yeah. And they're both like, how have yeah. he saved it? And he's like, I haven't got a clue. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right place, right table, well. what a save. Let, yeah, absolutely. Let's not forget as well, he almost scored this season. Oh, just, we were at that game. He was. I thought it, oh, I thought it was in. Yeah, yeah. And... I still stand by. If that wasn't a top four side, I think that was going to go. Who was that against? Was it mm, uh, Chelsea? Chelsea last minute, wasn't it? Yeah. it up, up for indeed. a corner. Oh. And I tell you what, if that did go in, that would have been the most undeserved draw I've ever seen in my entire life. We were awful back then. I know. Uh, and to be honest, I think the penalty was a bit of a uh, a bit of a fad. To be honest, yeah, Delafay. Yeah, I took about twenty years to look at it. So, um, talking of maps, as we did a minute a minute ago. Um, Maps is one of three players as well that have had a FIFA-approved contract extension to cover the rest of this season. Now, um, it looks as if a lot of teams are probably going to use this because I know a lot of players are out of contract come the end of June or the start of June, whenever it may, may be. So it's Holobas, Gomez and Mariapa that have been given these. I, I expect that after this season those three possibly won't be here. Gomez, especially, I don't think he did. I think, he. I don't want to say he got under a lot of Watford fans' skins because I think that's the wrong phrase to use because he has been a great servant for the club. But I think there was a lot of eyebrows raised when after the FA Cup final, he sort of said, right, the FA Cup final, that's going to be my sort of final bow out for Watford, no matter what the score is. And then the next season, he signs another contract. So I've no doubt that Javi would have picked Gomez regardless of if he was staying on or not. I think whether Gomez was thinking, oh, well, if I'm leaving, he's got to pick me. Because if I stay on, he might pick Backman. Or, well, mind you, it can't have been Backman because he was on loan at Kilmarnock. But he might have picked another goalkeeper. But I don't expect Gomez to stay on because he's 39. I think he's been Marietta. offered a um, club ambassadory role. And to be honest, I, I wouldn't expect any less. Yeah. To, to have a sort of player like that, 
I think when the Pozzos first come in, we sort of missed that sort of player around the dressing room, as as good as they've been for us, the Pozzos. Like, you look at who we've had before. We've had Johnny Eustace has been influential, um, Jaden Merrick, uh, Gavin Mann, those sort of characters that you want around the dressing room. Obviously, Troy Deeney, we know, would be a big character, but Gomez especially, we know that he can be a big character. But if he if he has been offered the club ambassador role, then I expect nothing short of it because I do know that he wanted to become a pastor um, after the uh, the football had the finished because he's a he's quite a religious man. He's Gomez. If you follow him on uh, Instagram and whatnot, um, I'll come to Mariapa last because there might be something more to be said about his scenario because of his age, but. Um, Jose Holabas. Now, there was a Watford fan, and I can't think off the top of my head who it was, but he'd apparently seen Jose Holabas like a tweet confirming that he was going to be leaving Watford after this season. Yeah, I've seen the same. So, ones. I obviously he's been signed to this extension to cover the rest of the season. I can only imagine for cover, nothing else, because um, you know it, it'd be good to have the cover and whatnot. I cannot see him, you know, staying with the club any longer. And to be fair to him, he gets a lot of stick. And for a bloke that didn't really know about the transfer and then kicked off about the transfer when he first joined, if you uh, remember that saga, he's actually been a half-decent servant for us. He's been brilliant, yeah. I I know he didn't want to end up joining Watford when he was at Roma, Mm. um, but it's actually worked out all right for him. And he's he's been a great servant for the club. He's been... It's been enjoyable to watch. Um, and I was really rooting for him to break that yellow card record the other season as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. it's time for him and Watford to maybe go the separate ways now. Um, thank you. F- well, he's getting on a bit as well. Yeah. Because he's 35 at the moment and then he's turning 36 on the 27th of this month. And you've got to think, Messina's been brilliant at left-back since he's came yeah. in. And, Let- and we've also yeah. got that left-back who's online at Osasuna who everyone is raving at the moment as well. And I think clubs um, like Barcelona have looked at him. Uh, is that um, Estupia? I was trying to stay away from it. I knew I couldn't pronounce it. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Threw myself right under the bush there. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's it's time to let hope uh, Holabas go, isn't it? If we've got those two um, in in and yeah. around the club, so let's not forget as well. And I believe he can play on the left. Is Mark Navarro not a? Um... A left back as well. I think he can play both sides, out. can't he? He's on. Is it Espanol? Yeah. He's at. I want to say Espanol or Osasuna. Uh, no, Leganes. Oh, is it Espanol? I don't know. We're going to get some stick here, well, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, never mind. He's in Spain somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. But yeah, um, and then just lastly, uh, Mariapa. Um, it's an interesting one because he signed an extension to cover for the rest of the season, but Mar- uh, I say. He's only 33, and I know 33 in football in terms is sort of you, you sort of come into past your peak as a player and whatnot. And a lot of people don't rate him at Watford. Personally, I think he's a great character to have around yeah. as well because he's a Watford fan, is he not? And um, not too sure if he's a Watford he, he fan, just... probably is, but yeah, he, he's came through the Watford Academy, hasn't he? So he's probably yeah. been with the club since he was um, really young. Um, so he yeah. needs to stay in and around the club. Um, I wouldn't like him to leave. I know some people are saying if we get relegated, offer him a contract. I, I don't really like that. I think we should, even if we stay up, we need to offer him probably another one-year deal, take him up yeah. to the age of 34. With the, the history we've had with injuries with our centre-back, he'll probably start seventh-choice centre-back and then he'll be playing every week because we've had injuries to everyone. So <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll keep him on for one more year. Yeah. Well, and also, and he can play. Like, like he can said. play fullback. He's been doing that, hasn't he? He can. So it, 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 he, in his earlier days, I'm pretty sure he uh, he put in a few stints at right back as well. If memory serves. Yes. Well, when we got to, uh, when we got promoted Dutch, to the Premiership, he actually played fullback um, a yeah. few times under AD. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Max. But um, and, not, but, and yeah, also, think... yeah, it's it's good that Watford are actually tying up these um, contracts till the end of the season because some. Clubs are struggling, but I think it's because of the quality of the players. Yeah. I've actually seen today and heard on Talksport that Ryan Fraser of Bournemouth, he's actually out of contract at the end of a season, which would be June thirtieth, and he's actually reluctant to sign a new contract because he doesn't want to get injured because it looks like he's probably got a big money move on the cards to a bigger club. 
so there's there's teams out there who and there's also people like that um Jan Vertonghen at Spurs, there's Willian, Pedro at Chelsea. They've not signed any extensions yet, but they're all training for their clubs. So it'd be interesting. Well, the worst. So it'd be interesting to see who actually do get these contracts um, sorted out before the end yes. of the season. No, I certainly agree, and I'm glad, as you said, I'm glad that we've managed to sign these three up. I think it's because these three sort of know that they're not going to be going anywhere. Yeah. And they're up they're for the later ages, aren't over. Yeah, they, they could absolutely. They've, they've probably had a conversation with Holobus and he's sort of said, look, I'm probably going to go back to whether it's Italy or whether he even goes back to Greece. I, I don't think know. it's going to be Greece or Germany. I saw, I've read an interview with yeah. him a few months back and he was actually saying he would never buy a house in England because of the, how, how much they expect how expensive they are over here. So I think he actually said he might go He's back to Germany. Cheap, saying that, isn't it? Probably on about <laughs> 70 grand a week, isn't it? He's got a point though, ain't he? It's going to be a first time buyer. Well, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that pretty much wraps up our, our first episode. So, uh, so thank you very much, guys, if you've made it to the end. We've, uh, We've tried our very best to keep it under an hour, and I believe it is just under an yes. hour. So they won't be this long all the time. It's just we wanted to sort of get a feel so you guys knew what sort of stuff we'd be discussing and everything else and then get to know a little bit about us. So, you know, thank you very much for choosing to listen to the first ever The Voices of the Vic podcast. Um, please, if, you've, if you're listening and you've got friends that are Watford fans and they've got friends who are Watford fans, just share it, you know, retweet our stuff. We're on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Voices of the Vic. Our Instagram handle is the same. And then our Facebook page is the only one that's different, which is at the Voices of the Vic. And, um, yeah, you know, follow us on all there. They'll be regularly updated and we'll keep it updated. Our personal Twitter handles are in the bios for um, for Instagram and for Twitter as well. So if you want to drop us a follow, um, then please do. We'd be appreciated. But, yeah, we really hope you enjoyed listening. Um, this is the, the first one of hopefully many. And I just want to say on a side note, first of all, it doesn't actually feel, other than hosting, it doesn't feel like I've done any work for this whatsoever because <laughs> it's actually Ben's girlfriend's, uh, well, Ben's fiance, sorry, um, that um, actually came up with the name. And then Ben, who actually designs the logo, which is absolutely superb. So other than hosting, I've not really done much. Oh, you've so, done a smashing yeah. job hosting it, mate. So well done. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, it's been it's been brilliant talking with you, and uh, we hope you can join us for the for the next instalment, which will be basically talking about hopefully a win against Leicester, and then the next game, which at the moment I can't think who it's against. Is it against Burnley? I I'd say? say Burnley. Yeah, yeah. So uh, against Burnley, which is the day after my birthday, which is a Thursday night, six o'clock oh, kickoff he- on Sky Sports. That'll so be a heavy night for you, won't it? That one's going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, yeah, no, thank you very much for listening, guys. And we really hope you enjoyed it. So, yeah, stay tuned for next week. And we hope to see you back next week. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.